the man over at Carlsbad Caverns said it took millions of years to make this stalagmite that was growing in that yeah. cave. So, but then since there were so many minerals in that oil that was pumped out of the ground, mm -hmm. it made that little crystal real quickly yeah. in that pond. This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big miraculous ways all the way down to small everyday things. Hi, this is Camus, and welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. This week I have John Elliott with me here, and John Elliott goes to church with me. He's been a really nice man. He helps do our church's volleyball. So, I don't know, I've just known John Elliott forever. He gets up, he's front and sings. So, just a really nice guy that's just kind of been there throughout my whole life somehow. I've been here for quite a while, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, John Elliott, why don't you tell everybody where you're from? I am from Orofino, Idaho at the present time. Mm-hmm. Born in Klamath Falls, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's, uh, that's my birthplace. Not too far away. No, not too far. All right. Well, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for this nice day today. Thank you for John Elliott and his willingness to share his testimony. Be with him. Give him the words to speak, Lord, and give us the ears to listen and to learn something valuable from John's life and the lessons that you have taught him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Camus, to start with... Um, like I say, I was born in Klamath Falls, Oregon. Yeah. 1944, March the 20th. Oh. So, I'm an old man. <laughs> not too old yet. Not, not too old yet. I'm just getting older. Mm. So, um, Camus, for the first uh, seven years of my life, I uh, went from Oregon to uh, southeastern Oklahoma and I lived with my grandparents. And um, history-wise, this was during the Depression. Um, the war was just getting over with. Yeah. And um, things were pretty tough. But living with the grandparents, they were mama and daddy for me mm -hmm. for the first seven years of my life. Wow. Um, it was a good time, even though um, things were difficult for us to uh, make a living. My grandfather didn't work, um, picked up a few things from wherever he could, but most of the time they were already retired, my grandparents. Mm. So my mother worked and sent money home for us to live on. <clears throat> so that was primarily how we got by, is my mother was uh, working out at different bigger cities, yeah. wh whatever she could find to do. Mm -hmm. So that was my first um, introduction to life. Spiritually wise, uh, Camus, about f between four and five years old, my mother and um, some of the relations there in Oklahoma had talked to a pastor and were going to be baptized. Mm -hmm. So I remember this. They were all going to be baptized in the river. And as a little little guy, I was just playing around in the river, yeah. ha having a good time that way. 
But I do remember uh, the baptismal candidates were there, uh, and the pastor, they wore black robes oh, really? back then. It wasn't white ones, just black <laughs> ones. So that was, that was a difference. But nonetheless, uh, they got baptized, and then the next thing that I can remember too much about was um, my mother had married uh, my stepfather, and this was out in Oregon. And I don't know exactly how they met, but um, there was, um, they had gotten married. So now it was time to go leave my grandparents and go out and live with my mother and stepfather mm. in Oregon at the age uh, seven years old. Yeah. Um, I had just finished the first grade in Oklahoma. So then it was uh, second and third out in Oregon. Yeah. This is winter time that we're living in right now. Yeah. Uh, the snow hasn't been this bad for a while here in Idaho. But um, whenever I got to Oregon, um, this was probably spring or summer. Mm. And in that winter, there was a huge snowstorm. Oh, yeah. Even as a little guy, I could walk on top of the snow and I could reach up and I could uh, touch the wires for the phone, the phone wires. Oh, goodness. I, it was, the snow was just that, that high. Very, very deep. So um, I can remember living on the, the ranch out there in uh, Oregon. The uh, Canadian geese would come by and flocks of them. Yeah. And the uh, snow geese were there as well. So it was, it was quite a time. It was my job to go out and get the old cow to come in for milking. And there was an irrigation ditch in, that separated the, the two fields. Mm -hmm. And that old cow, invariably, she would jump across the irrigation ditch and go way down to the other end. And I would have to walk all the way up to the far end of the irrigation canal before I could find a place to go across. <laughs> and then I would go down and try to get that old cow to come back across. Well, she would. Mm -hmm. But then after I had to go all the way up to the other end to get back across on the side that she was on, then she would jump the ditch and go across on the other side. So very frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... If there had been any rocks around I could throw, I would have done that. <laughs> this old cow is really aggravating. But nonetheless, um, the barn uh, was a nice big barn. I can remember um, the barn owls that were nesting up in there. Uh, it was quite a time. In Oregon, we did have a, a little lake. It was a dog, they called Dog Lake. Mm -hmm. And you could go and rent uh, rowboats and row around the, the lake. I really enjoyed the fishing. <laughs> that, was, that was a good time there. And one time while we were out fishing, uh, my sister saw some little goslings. And there was two of them that were on the, the pads, lily pads. And we didn't see any mama goose around. So we thought, well they had been left there by themselves. Mm. <clears throat> so my sister insisted on 
let's take them home. <laughs> so uh, not knowing about goslings, um, they will follow you around everywhere you go. So as soon as we went outside within the, the little geese, they, they would follow us all around the, the place. So that was an interesting time to uh, have pets. Yeah, sounds like a fun childhood. It, it was. So uh, nonetheless, those things happened. Um, then in 1954, we decided to move from um, Oregon to Idaho. Yeah. And the folks put in a coast-to-coast -coast store in Moscow. So we don't live too far from Moscow here yeah, in Orfino. And I was able from that time on to be in the, um, in the school. It was a church school in Moscow. Oh, really? So I, I spent a year in school there. Mm -hmm. And then shortly thereafter, we moved from Moscow here in Idaho to uh, Newcastle, Wyoming. Okay. So uh, if we were on the uh, my uncle's place there, mm. my uh, stepdad's uh, brother. And in Wyoming, it was kind of a desert-type sagebrush area. Yeah, really flat. Uh, not too, too uh, many mountains or anything. Lots of hills. And as a young person, I was about 12, 11 to 12 years old then. And Camus, um, spiritually wise, I liked walking a lot. I would walk over because they had these, um, it looked like um, maybe volcanic cones mm -hmm. that came up. And then there was rock outcrops on the top. Yeah. And that's where the, uh, the uh, e uh, not eagles, but um, the um, ox. Okay. We had what they called red-tailed hawks. That's what I was trying to remember. Red-tailed hawks would um, roost up uh, there on the rocks up high. Yeah. So they were interesting for me to go and hike way over there and hike up that cone and and see those rocks and, and see the nest that the uh, red-tailed hawk had built there. Yeah. So... Spiritually wise, I can remember there, um, Camus, where um, I would um, be up there on top of those rocks up high, and I'd lie down on my back and look up, and you could see the clouds going by, and I would think about God. Why, why would he be interested in me? Mm. And I always had that, um, that interest in, in knowing God. Yeah. Because uh, out there, I was just alone. I was just um, the only child in the family at that time. So I would walk around in different places, like I said, climb up on those rocks and think about God being closer to him because nobody else was around. Mm. So it was an interesting time for me to uh, reflect on God and know that... Uh, he was close by at that time. During that time, um, I attended a, um, a church school that was in Newcastle, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Now, we lived way out there in the country, probably about 30 miles out, pretty close to 30. Mm. <clears throat> the uh, public school bus would come by 
on the gravel road and I'd walk up there to catch the bus mm. and go into town and go to school. Then I would catch that same bus back home. It was interesting. There was uh, my cousins had a uh, a boxer dog. Oh yeah. And he was his name was Duke. Oh. And Duke was my, my best friend. He would he would follow me wherever I went out there uh, hiking around. And Duke got to know. Okay, John got on the school bus at this time, and then at this time he would come home. Mm. So Duke would be up there by the gravel road waiting for me to get off the school bus, and then we would play together on down to the house. Aww. So that was, that was an interesting time to have a, uh, a pet that, that I could be involved with. Um, shortly thereafter, well then, um, my stepdad got a, uh, a call to go to Texas. Okay. So we moved from Newcastle, Wyoming. We pulled a trailer house all the way down to Texas. Oh, wow. This was uh, West Texas, Denver City, Texas is the name of the place. Really? Um, and it was a real desert area. Mm -hmm. There was farming there, but uh, after they farmed the area, well then... Uh, it left a lot of dust and dirt in the air. Uh, we would have wind storms, and mm. then that wind would um, catch that um, dust. sand and dust, and it would be so thick you couldn't hardly see. Oh, wow. And if you were driving, you just about had to stop and wait for that dust storm to abate mm. so that you could you'd be able to see where you're going on the road. Pretty crazy. Yes, it was. In that area, they had just a, a low-growing shrub. Um, they call it shinrei bush. And it was, it was not very big, but um, there um, they had uh, snakes, of course. Yeah. And also lizards. Lizards that would just run everywhere. It, they were fun to catch them. Yeah. If you could run fast enough, you could catch a lizard. So that was uh, something that we enjoyed doing yeah, as, yeah. A, as a boy. Um, that was in the oil field then. And you know, um, from Denver City to Carlsbad, New Mexico, Carlsbad is where there's a huge um, cavern and you can walk down in and see all the stalactites that mm. were on the ceiling yeah. and stalagmites that were growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I listened to the um, the guy telling us about all these things, then he would say, "Oh, these took millions and millions of years yeah. to to build these uh, stalactites and stalagmites." But you know, um, we worked in the oil field. And then um, in the oil field, you had these big um, uh, ponds that you would, if the uh, oil tank overflowed, it would go into that pond. And then in that particular area, there was times whenever you had to drain the water off of the tank into this pond. And we learned that 
as that water would drip onto the uh, tumbleweeds yeah. that blew into the pond, then it made a little stalagmite. Aww. And that little stalagmite could be made within a month's time. Mm. So uh, then I got to thinking, okay, um, the man over at Carlsbad Caverns said it took millions of years to make this um, stalagmite or whatever that was growing in that yeah. cave. So, but then since there were so many minerals in that uh, oil that was pumped out of the ground, mm -hmm. it made that little crystal real quickly yeah. in that pond. So again, coming to think about it spiritually, um, God spoke this world into existence. Yeah. It didn't take millions and billions of years. So that was interesting to me to look at that example in that pond and to see that crystal being formed quickly. Yeah. Because of so much mineralization in the water. Mm -hmm. So um, nonetheless, that, that was a good example. You were going to say? Yeah, just to see that, you know, it didn't have to take millions of years. That, yes, you know, right. God could speak or there could be circumstances where it could happen quickly. Yes, right. And I, I think that um, going back to the biblical um, story about the flood, uh, during that time, a lot of caves were uh, created, mm -hmm. uh, like the Grand Canyon that um, the water cutting all of that that canyon out so uh, those are interesting things to reflect on when we can see something happen right in front of us yeah for quickly sure. and then relate it to the biblical uh, account mm -hmm. so those have all been interesting things for me spiritually after we lived there for a while then i went to the academy in um, New Mexico, sophomore year through the senior year, oh, yeah. I went to that academy, and it wasn't oh, it was only about four hour drive for the folks mm -hmm. to come up and visit at the academy. That's nice. It was. Um, then shortly after I uh, graduated from that academy, my mother went there to be the the cafeteria cook. So um, she was there for a while. Oh. It was interesting time for me then. I went to the academy and then the first year of um, college, I went down to Southwestern Junior College, mm -hmm. which was a, uh, a close by place. It was down in Keene, Texas. So once again, I was going back to Texas, mm -hmm. a place where it was hot humid you uh, not like Idaho here at no, all. No. Um, I am thankful for being here in Idaho this is a uh, a, a good place to live mm -hmm. the weather is, is a lot nicer here than it is other places so I just spent one year at Southwestern Junior College the next year I went to Walla Walla over here yeah, not yeah. too far away and I was there for um, about three quarters. And then um, 
I wasn't doing well academically. Mm. Book book reading and learning just was not for me. Yeah, it's not for everyone. It isn't. So um, then from there, I went back to um, New Mexico where I worked for a little while. And then um, Uncle Sam knocked on my door. Uh. He said, John, since you're not involved with school now uh, you need to come and work with me <laughs> so uh, i went into the army um, and there was a kind old man this is getting back to our spiritual leading that god is involved he has his hand over each one of us mm -hmm. as we uh, go throughout life so uh, there was an old man there that uh, um, whenever the uh, army called me, he said uh, to my parents, you know, we don't want John to uh, bear arms and go over to Vietnam shooting people. Yeah. Um, even though I had um, grown up on the, um, the, the ranch that my uncle had there in Newcastle, Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, I had a twenty-two. I could shoot a, a rifle very well. Mm -hmm. So that wouldn't have been a problem for me, but God had another plan for me. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wound up being an Operation White Coat. That, okay. That meant that I went to into the Army. I was trained as a medic. Uh, it went through uh, 910 training, which... Uh, trained me to be a, um, a medic, medic, so that was what I was involved with. And Operation White Coat meant that I would go to um, Washington, D.C., I would stay there and then travel up to Fort Detrick, Maryland, where they would do studies on the different diseases that were uh, prevalent at that time. Mm. So I, um, I was involved with that. I was a human guinea pig, in other words, <laughs> chemist. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, they would uh, give you shots of different diseases, and then they would study your blood work and see how well you overcame all of those diseases. Mm. But again, God had his hand over John. Yeah. And whenever I went there and they took my blood uh, and they studied it, and they told me, John, the bilirubin content in your blood is too high and we think you would be at risk if, if we gave you a disease. So we're not going to give you a disease. Go back to uh, Washington, D.C., where you're working and stay working there at the lab. Mm. What we did there, Camus, was um, we were studying radiation studies on dogs, cats, and pigs. Oh, really? So uh, that was pretty interesting to be involved with that. I bet. What I wound up doing was um, I uh, took a test and I became a, um, a truck driver. We would go and we would pick up all of those... Um, carriages that the dogs and cats and pigs were in. Mm -hmm. We would load them on the deuce and a half truck 
and then drive those back to where we were uh, doing the studies. So uh, my uh, fellow compatriot that I worked with, he and I would go into the reactor area. Oh. And we had to wear these, uh, these little pins that would gauge how many radiation uh, rads that we were picking up while we were in the uh, reactor area. Yeah. So it would only let us go in there to so high of rads mm -hmm. before that they knew that it would be Unhealthy. detrimental for us. So, but nonetheless, we went right into the reactor area, mm. picked those animals up and then loaded them on the truck and took them back to the lab that we were working with. An interesting thing about me was um, I was pretty good at drawing blood from the animals. Okay. We would uh, take their, uh, their hand out like this and then we would uh, find that vein, yep. and then we would stick a needle in there and draw a little blood out. Yep. Cats, cats are very hard to to get that little vein to show up. Mm -hmm. But um, I got pretty proficient at that. Dogs were easier, and then of course the pigs, uh, uh, we could just draw blood from them out of their jugglers. Mm. So uh, it was uh, an interesting job for me. I bet. I worked at that for quite a while, and then finally uh, uh, one of the uh, sergeants came into the lab where I was working, and he was really irate. Mm. He said, John, where have you been? You've been lost for six months. What? <laughs> yeah, that was my reaction. What? And then the captain and the uh, uh, the other high-ranking official there said, uh, he's been right here all this time working with us. This is where he came to to begin with, and we've kept him here, and he's been busy with all of the, the drawing of blood and, and getting the animals and helping us here in the lab. Yeah. So they said, um, the captain said, uh, he's just been here all the time. So uh, then the, uh, the sergeant said, well, you come with me. Hmm. We have a different job for you. So, uh, Camus, they lost me for six months. <laughs> I, I, I could have been out doing whatever. <laughs> they wouldn't have known. They wouldn't have known. So, but nonetheless, the, the sergeant found where I was at, where I was working. And then he said, uh, I want you to come down and work in my office. Hmm. In his office, Camus, it was typing out requisitions. Mm. So fortunately, whenever I was in the academy back in New Mexico, I learned to type. Yeah. So I was able to type those requisitions. Everything was fine. Um, and that was my army experience. So I got out in two years, a little less than two years. Went back to New Mexico and lived there. With the, with the parents in that area. Uh, while I was in the Army, I did meet uh, my wife. Mm -hmm. uh, we lived in the same barracks. <laughs> That's interesting, huh? Yeah. But there was a, uh, a doorway that uh, separated the men from the women. Mm. 
And then there was a, uh, what they call a QC, a quartermaster that was on each side. There was a woman on the other side, yeah. man on this side. So they kept us separate, which is a good thing. Yes. So, but I did meet my wife there. Uh, I was always gone on Friday night and then Sabbath I was gone. So my wife-to-be at that time was studying Judaism and she had been raised as a Pentecostal and a Catholic. Oh, really? So hmm. that was her background. Uh, and then she noticed that I was gone every Saturday. So then she thought, well, he must be Jewish. <laughs> he must be a Jew. So that was interesting to, to note. Um, what we did then after I met Sharon was um, we would go down to, there was a chapel there where we could all meet and study together. I, of course, I, I got my Bible out and I would study with them. And the subject of heaven came up. Mm -hmm. Well, um, the Catholics think that there's purgatory yeah. before you go to heaven. And then you're just kind of a... Um, in a limbo state or something. Right, in limbo. Or you're just a, a spirit floating around on the clouds and not having a body. So uh, John would say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, over in Isaiah, it doesn't say that. It says it's going to be a real place. Mm -hmm. And we will have a real body because we're going to plant a vineyard and eat the fruit thereof. We're going to build a house out in the country. Yeah. Our own house we get to build. And then also when we go to heaven, there's a, uh, a mansion for us. Yeah, you wouldn't need all those physical things if you weren't physical. That's right, yes. So um, that was the conclusion that John had. And then I, I talked to different ones and tried to explain all of this to them. Some of them accepted that. And then back in uh, Washington, D.C., there was some very kind folks in the church mm -hmm. that I attended. There was a... Um, a college back there and I went to uh, uh, one of the churches there and it was a huge church. I mean huge. Probably 10 of our sanctuaries could have been put inside that that sanctuary. So like a mega church almost. It was, yes. So I didn't feel very comfortable there, Camus. Mm -hmm. um, I was just a uh, a number amongst many there. Yeah, it can feel so, like that. Uh, so I, I wasn't comfortable there. And then there was a church called Capitol Memorial Church. Mm. And they had a program for the young people that were in the army. And I went to church there. And they made me feel comfortable. There was a Sabbath school program, uh, especially for the young people and led out by young people. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, it was it was a nice place to, to be. Um, I went there and then after I met my wife to be, uh, that's where I took her. Mm. Um, 
I invited her to a, a social that we had. And there was a, a movie, it was called Hans Brinker and his Silver Skates. Hmm. So it was about um, that young man learning to skate and skating well yeah. and being able to perform. So uh, it was a, uh, we had a pizza for sale then and then also to um, buy choir robes for the uh, the people that were going to be in a choir. Mm. So whenever I took my wife, Sharon, she was just integrated right into the church. Oh, that's good. Yes, it was. It was very good there. Um, she um, felt at home in the church, um, came to church with me every time we, uh, we went to church there, and it was just really a good thing. We studied, or she studied with um, Dr. Raymond Moore, who was the educational secretary for the U.S. at that particular time. Mm -hmm. So uh, she learned much from him. She was uh, baptized in May of uh, 1966, and then we were married in July of 66. Aww. So shortly after she was baptized, then we got married. Mm -hmm. So um, that was, you know, like I say, in 66, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So I was out of, out of the Army by then, shortly thereafter. And then we went to New Mexico where my wife and I were involved with church, um, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, also at the academy. Um, Sharon got invited to be uh, the cook there as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, all in all, throughout my uh, lifetime, I've been involved with the church one way or the other. Yeah, that's good. And then, let's see, this is 1979, 1979, 80, that winter, uh, we decided to move up here to Orfino, Idaho. Yeah. We we had a uh, uh, the folks bought some property out at Dent, mm. across the Dent Bridge up that way. So um, we lived there. I have uh, I had three boys that came with us, um, and they had uh, that whole mountainside over there. There was about six families that lived there then. Oh, wow. When we first moved. Mm -hmm. And you know, now there's over 150 homes out there. Ah. It's really grown by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Lots of people live out there. And um, after the passing of the folks, well, my brother still lives out there. So um, every now and then I go out and visit with him on the ranch. That's nice. So, um, coming down to today, um, we are still involved with the church. Mm -hmm. Spiritually, I, uh, I do like studying the Bible and being able to talk to people about um, the Bible and God wanting everyone to receive Him as their Savior. Yeah, and I think it's kind of like cool as a kid that like, you realize like that 
connection with God and nature, you know? Yes. Going out hiking and, you know, just looking at creation and, like, wondering at God. Because, you know, the Bible talks about how, like, the creation testifies of God, you know? It does, yes. And that's one good thing about living here in Orfino. Mm -hmm. And even at the church. We can leave the church here and we are in God's nature that does um, proclaim Him. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's uh, good to be able to walk around um, different areas. When we lived out at Dent, there's a Cold Springs Trail out there, and the boys, they, they walked up and down that many times. Um, from where we lived, they would walk from the house down to the boat dock. They would go fishing and hunting around the area. So there was always plenty for the boys to do. Yeah, and it's so good because, like, you look at animals and, like, you look at plants and you just being out in nature, like, you can see God's fingerprints. You can see his working. Yes, you can. You can see intelligent design, you know, like, you're talking about, like, being in the oil fields and seeing the little stalagmites grow. Yes, right. You know, you get to witness nature and all of the glory that God has in it. It's supposed to be, like, a textbook to teach us about, like, his care and love for us. Yes, that's that's true, Camus. And just last night, I was on uh, YouTube. Yeah. There is Discovery 1 and 2. Now, Discovery 1 was 1977. That was probably before you were born. Way before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> so, for 42 years now, those two... Uh, uh, satellites have been out there gathering information mm -hmm. and Camus as they turned the uh, the satellite around and took a picture back towards Earth I won't say how far out they were uh, it seems like it was 4.5 billion miles way out there and shooting back towards Earth Earth was just a little speck yeah really small so now we are discovering how big the universe is. Mm -hmm. So uh, God, we can see his handiwork All in around. everything. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, like... Yes. Something you were talking about is like going to church and being active in it. I think that's something we kind of forget, or at least, you know, since the pandemic has been really hard. Yes. Because... You know, people are concerned, and, you know, there's a lot of craziness going on in our world. But, you know, yes. God says to come together to stir up love. Right. Even more so, whenever we see the day of his coming is closer, we need to get together and talk about meeting God and just encouraging one another. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned the pandemic. For the first three months that we didn't have church here, yeah. that we could actually physically come and be here, uh, that was really hard on me. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I just really appreciate worshiping together with, with others mm -hmm. and physically seeing them. Mm -hmm. Well, the Bible has those verses about iron sharpens iron. Or, yes, right. As my mom likes to say, you kind of rub the sharp edges off of each other. Yeah. Kind of like rocks. Like, you don't always get along with everybody in church because we're all sinners and we all have our issues. 
but <laughs> it teaches us to be more like God, you know, learning to forgive yes. and let certain things go and also learning to, you know, admit when we're wrong and mm-hmm. when we've done something to hurt somebody. Yes. So I think it's super important to, you know, learn you can and when it's safe. And it's really important, like you say, we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to own up to that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just as much of a sinner as anyone else. Mm-hmm. But it's really uh, important, like you're saying, for us to get together and talk about it and um, gain encouragement from one another. Assurance, like the, uh, the pastor today. Yeah. His his message, joy in salvation. We really need to be happy about that. Yeah. We I mean when you're walking with God, you're saved. You get to go to heaven. You have a relationship with your creator. Yes, you should be right. happy about those things. Even if like he was talking about like not a like a hyper, you know, happiness, but like a calm, steady happiness. Yes, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, calming in this this world situation in which we live, uh, like you say, the craziness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be calm and reliant upon God, knowing that He will take care of us. Mm-hmm. And He will take care of us. And you know, you mentioned you know like how you met your wife and how you know she, you know, started to come into church with you. I think it's important that. At least something I've seen, you know, that the church gets out there and that we meet people and we talk to people and we make friends outside of our denomination, you know, or like even outside of our religion. Mm -hmm. Because like, how else are these people going to get to know God or how else are you guys going to sharpen one another like iron sharpening iron, you know? Yes, right. Yes. Fellowship in all of its forms, I think they're really important. It is. Uh, And like you're saying, that can happen any time that we meet other people outside of church relationship, we can still meet them and talk about just like what we're talking about today. Our experience, what we've experienced, and how it's blessed us, God's blessing to each of us. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Because, you know, there's a lot of valuable lessons, you know, we can learn from each other's stories and also in sharing our stories and thinking back and, you know, like realizing, you know, like, you know, I've seen God in creation or, you know, what the blessing of fellowship is or, yes. you know, how I've been able to, you know, witness to others just by being in my community and, you know, being consistent in my faith, you know? Yes, that's, that's very important. Yeah, for sure. Well, is there any other little quick stories or comments you'd like to share? <laughs> I think that this is probably good for the present time. Okay. Uh, hopefully, it's it's going to be helpful to those who are going to listen mm-hmm. at a later time. I would say this, that um, it, it's like John 3.16. Yeah. For God so loved the world. This this little tiny speck, as yeah. I saw it on the, on the screen last night. Um, he loves this world mm-hmm. and gave himself for it. That whosoever believes in him can have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. That we won't need to uh, die. We can have that eternal life. We can have what I uh, talked to the uh, the young people way back whenever I was in in the army. We can have that existence in the city. 
that mansion and then build that house outside the city. Yeah. We can have that vineyard that we can grow and it'll be ours. And I can invite Camus over to my vineyard and then you can uh, invite me to yours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a physical place. Yeah. A place where we can find happiness, where God can be right there with us all the time. Mm -hmm. We can serve him, worship him, yes. and sin will be gone. And that will... It's so cool. We have such a, a great hope to look forward to. Definitely. Yes, you know? we do. And heaven is cheap enough, you know. Oh, certainly. I mean, it, it costs, you know, the things of this world, but the things of this world, they're so quick and fleeting that, you know, heaven is cheap enough. It's worth the price. Pay. Yes, right. This world will pass away. Um, we can see evidences of that. Scientists are uh, really concerned about... Um, the greenhouse effect of um, the gases mm -hmm. that are uh, happening around us. Uh, the other thing that I was looking at last night, too, um, the sinkholes. These oh, are yeah. up in Alaska. The one area, there was about 10 of them in different places. And the methane gas that's uh, coming up out of the ground. Yeah. It's amazing. In fact, they they discovered there's so many metric tons of that being emitted into the atmosphere that uh, the methane gas that we emit as humans is minuscule. Oh. But uh, they, they still are uh, watching that and they say it is creating a, um, an atmosphere that is around the world that is heating things up. Mm -hmm. So now we can we can better understand the um, the world being a little um, warmer than what it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is taking place, and it's it's interesting. Yeah. Scientists are finding lots of things that are happening today. Yeah, just makes you realize that Jesus really is coming soon, and we need <clears throat> yes. to get our act together because. We don't know if there will be a tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow's not ever guaranteed for anyone. So. That's, that's so true, yes. All right. Well, thank you, John. Thank you. You're welcome, Camus. Thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciated it. I love the aspect of creation. I think that's something we hadn't really got to talk about on the podcast as much. So okay. I'm glad you brought that out. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And tune in next week for Kylie recording somebody else. Bye! If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page, that is God is Real, God is Good Podcast, or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good Podcast at gmail.com. Bye! Bye.